Hello, we are glad you are listening to this message by Dr. M.O. Odubanjo. You are sure to receive God's whole counsel for your life, family, work, and all that concerns you in these contemporary times. Colossians, the second chapter. And I'm going to take off again um, on what I began to speak on last week. had a little conversation with God after last Sunday, and um, I repented of hurry. So I'm not going to be in a hurry, uh, because I had 14 things, as at now, they are increasing by the day. But I have 14 things that I uh, needed to speak about, and my intention was to not exceed this month. Uh, But then I was rebuked that basically that's what happens to us all of the time. We try to do things our own way. Uh, we try to plan them our own way. I'll speak on four things. I'll do three things. I'll, and we don't just go the way God wants us to go. Uh, so I'm going to just go on and, and, and on and on and on uh, till he's done. Basically, uh, till God's done, I'm done. Amen. Yeah, it says don't, don't hard to the word. Don't hard to the law. Uh, but neither should you remove from it. You know, meaning that if you, you don't have your own jara to what God has said, uh, but absolutely in the same vein, uh, do not try to stop or not say what God hasn't said. So if we have things to flog and God wants to stay on a point for two weeks, we're going to stay on that point for two weeks. Can I have an amen? You know, we're not going to be in a hurry. Is anybody getting blessed already? You know, we, we've started last week. How many people were blessed from that last week? And you remember what we said, and that's beginning to be put to use. Amen? Hallelujah. Are you there? Colossians chapter 2. Colossians, the second chapter, and I read uh, verses 6 and 7. It says, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus. It says, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught. Abounding in it with thanksgiving. As you have received Christ, he says what? So walk in him, rooted and built up in him. So the idea is that we get saved as all of us perhaps have or most of us have or whatever. Amen. Uh, We get saved, but the idea is that God says that when you are saved, you need to be rooted. Can I hear you say rooted? Say that again. Say the word rooted. So the point is that we ought to be firm people. We ought to be firm people. It says we ought to be rooted and then we ought to be built up in him. So number one, I am rooted, I am saved, and I am forever saved. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not backsliding. I'm not doing anything else. I'm sticking with Jesus. But apart from that, apart from knowing that I'm saved, it says that I ought to be built up in him. I ought to grow up in him. I ought to increase in him. I ought to get better than I used to be. I ought to see more and more of God reflected in my life uh, than it used to be. So I ought to, in 2014, become a better Christian than I am now in 2013. Can I have an amen? I ought to be a better person, a better Christian uh, in July 2013 than I am in June 2013. So there ought to be progress in my work with God that I ought to see and, and know that something is changing about me. 
You know, one of the things that I, I realized, for instance, uh, at some point, was that I discovered that my, I, I, I had a, uh, increased in my uh, tolerance level, let me put it that way. But is that over time, I discovered that I could take a lot more uh, without getting angry with people, without uh, being upset and all of that. I was someone who had trained my reflexes, actually. Uh, even growing up as a young child, I, I used to love a lot of martial arts. I used to get the books of martial arts train in martial arts, train in boxing, and, and one of my biggest issues was how to have the best reflexes possible. So I could, actually, I would, I would tell people, for instance, that if you stand like this, I'll say, I'm going to punch you, try to block the punch. You know, so I could punch you and bring my hand back before your hand goes up at all, before you can raise your hand at all. So I had fast reflexes, uh, but again, with some of those things, I also had very fast or short nerve. So if you offended me, I would hit you before you know what is going on. You know, but then over time, I began to discover that all of this was going away as I was being built up in him. Amen? So when people begin to say, well, my problem is anger, I wonder for how long you keep telling us your problem is anger. Are you hear what I'm saying? When you say, well, just my own thing is that I, I don't know, but I just lie. Well, for how long are you going to be lying? Are you hear what I'm saying? So we ought to build in him, meaning that things ought to be changing. Please look at anybody say, you ought to be changing. So that's what the scripture is telling us, and that, uh, and like I said, or like you know, what we're dealing with is the lessons I've learned in my work with God. Basically, what are the things as I moved on with God, the things that began to, or that I can say are the big, big title lessons that I've learned over time, are the things that help you to progress in Him, are the things that help you to know Him better, are the things that help you or, or determine, or the things that I think are core to work with God as a believer. What are the things that I think are important to God, the principles, the areas, and, uh, and whatever you might want to call it, the fundamentals that you need to pay a lot of attention to, if you are serious with God at all, and if you must get anywhere with God. Hallelujah. And last week we said, number one, the word. Can I hear you say the word? No, no, no. We said number one was what? You need to be desperate. You need to be desperate. Uh, and, and like I said, probably underlies everything else. Uh, which is the fact that this is why most believers are the way they are. They do not care. They are not interested. Now that they are saved, now that they have their ticket to go to heaven, they are just happy and that is good enough. They are not interested in knowing any more of God than they know now. They are not interested in increasing in their work with God or deepening their work with God. They are just fine the way they are. Are you with And you are not going anywhere if you are that way. If you are not desperate enough, if you are not hungry enough, then there will be no energy to pursue anything. There will be no energy to get up in the morning and pray. There will be no energy to get up and read the Bible. You begin to tell all kinds of tales about how boring it is, about how you read it but you don't understand, and therefore you have stopped reading it. You begin to tell about how difficult it is to get to church because it's so far. You start talking about how difficult it is to make it there because it's too early. You understand what I'm talking about? What is happening to you is actually the desperation. The hunger is not there. I remember listening to Pastor Adiboy and he was sharing a story that interested me so much. He said many, many, many years ago, you know, he was not general overseer or anything. Uh, he, I mean, the general overseer was still there. The founder, that's uh, Pastor Parakindayomi, as they call it, was still there. Uh, and then they had this convention somewhere and every, I mean, with a lot of people around, you know, when you all come to camp and everybody is camping, and you are sharing rooms and things like that. He said they were all there. He said, and then he was so desperate after some days, you know, to get some quiet time by himself. He needed time to be alone, to study God's word and pray. He said, but everywhere was full of people and all of that. He said, so finally he thought to himself, 
place I can have some privacy to do this is the toilet. So he went to the toilet. And he locked himself in the toilet. You know, and spent a long time. Of course, you think, does he have diarrhea or something? But the man was doing something. He said, after a long time, he came out, you know, with his Bible in his hand. He said, when he came out, somebody came out from the next door also, the toilet next door. He said, that one who came out, and they both looked at themselves, both of them knew what they were doing in the toilet. The other man was Pastor Kumuyi. Are you there? How desperate are you for God? How hungry are you? You don't get anywhere by just wishing. You don't get anywhere uh, by thinking, well, one day, one day, I'll become a great Christian. No, 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 you won't, you won't. You'll become one only if you are hungry enough because that hunger will cause a pursuit. Can I hear you say hallelujah? Number two, the word is essential. The word is essential. Buy Bibles. Buy them and read them. You know, people ask questions and they say, how, 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 how should I read the Bible? I say, have you ever asked anybody before how you should read a book? Have you ever asked before how you should read a book? How many people know how to read a book? You know how to read a book? How do you read a book? If I give you a book today and I said, here, this is a gift, or I want to borrow or lend you this book, how are you going to read it? Anybody has an, an idea, any idea, just a guess, amen? This must be a difficult task. Anybody? How, how do you read it? And you just read, you just open from the beginning and you begin to read, am I right? Yeah, so why do we begin to ask questions about the Bible? How should I read the Bible? Just open it and read. Amen? And the word of God is essential. Listen, there was a time that the Bible was the sacred possession of priests. People didn't have the book. That's where you begin to get the Protestants from. So someone like Martin Luther King, who broke out of the Catholic Church, broke out because people didn't have a Bible. He was the priest who read the Bible, who would tell you what the Bible says. So the man says, no, this is meant to be read by everybody. And guess what he had to do? In order to make it available, he copied it by hand. He copied from Genesis to Revelation. He copied it out by hand. That's how essential people have known the word of God to be. And yet today we have them in too many versions. And maybe that's the problem. We have so many versions that we keep thinking that we'll have time to read it tomorrow. I'm busy today. I will read it tomorrow. There was a time people did not have it. They did not have the access. It was so precious. So guess what? If you had allowed such people and just said, you know, tomorrow, one hour. Just in the afternoon for one hour, the Bible made available. I can only imagine how many people will rush there in order to get that opportunity to read. Amen? Please look at anybody say the word of God is essential. Number three, we talked about prayer. You know, and one of the, one of the things, the, the thoughts that have been on my mind is that people will tell you about how busy they are and therefore cannot pray. Am I right? Ah, I'm so busy. Ah, I said, man, I'm so busy. In fact, this Lagos life self. Let me show you a scripture. Go to Luke 5. Luke chapter 5. Luke, the fifth chapter. Are you there? Luke 5, are you there yet? Okay, 1, 2... Go. Verse 15. It says, however, 
the report went around him, or around concerning him all the more. And great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. So, he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. Guess what this is? This, this is one of my favorite scriptures about prayer in the Bible. Uh, because basically he said, look, Jesus' ministry and itinerary, the, the word about him spread all over the place and great multitudes. Can I say great multitudes? So it was, he had a tight itinerary for counseling, tight itinerary for, for, for services, for crusades and all of that. Great multitudes came to him to hear and to be healed. And because his itinerary filled up, because he, he became more busy, what did the Bible say? What was his response in verse 16? He says, so he often withdrew himself to the wilderness and prayed. What is that telling me? The busier I get, the more I need to find time to pray. Are, are you still there? Listen, MC Amma told you, MC Amma, he told you long ago. How many people remember MC Amma? He said, I got to pray just to make it today. Are you? <laughs> Are you there? But that's a profound statement. I have to pray to make it true today. Now, so how busy can I get if I need prayer to make it true? How busy can I get the prayer to be the thing I'm going to do? Are you still with me, anybody? Am I stepping on your toes? The busier you get, the more you need to pray. The more you need to be desperate about prayer and find more, even more time than you used to before. So if you're thinking I'm busier now, then if you were praying 30 minutes, please double it to one hour. Because you are going to need that prayer to be able to sustain you in what you are doing. Remember Isaiah 40 we were talking about last week from verse 28. And then it talks about the fact that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Time in his presence, you will renew your strength and you'll be able to get through the day. Pray. If you must get far with God, you must be a person of prayer. You're not going to get very far. You're not going to be able to sustain yourself. I've shared with you before how God showed me in a vision, basically, saying you need to spend a lot more time praying because there's a lot more coming your way therefore you will need the prayer to strengthen you for you to be able to sustain yourself so to speak in that place where I'm taking you to are you still there? listen one of the problems we have is that when people get promoted they become this they become that they become governor or whatever they become they are Christians but guess what they reduce also their prayer because they have now become whatever they have become so whatever the motion was if it was 5 to 6 a.m. I've cut that out. And they don't do it anymore. So they are not able to stand and withstand all of the evil around them, the evil influences, the evil cancer and all of that. They just begin to lose their strength as believers. Are you with me? There are people I've been impressed with. I read a lot of biographies. There's been an American president I'm impressed with. They don't like him, but I like him. And the, the, the man, I, I discovered a secret from reading his book. He starts his day in God's presence. Are you still with me? He starts, can you imagine a president who spends time reading the Bible and you don't read the Bible because you don't have time. The American president who reads the Bible, you don't have time to read. 
You don't have time to pray. And an American president prays. You know, an American president is not president of America. He's president of the world. Okay, so when something happens in Nigeria, they call him. When it happens in Indonesia, they call him. When it's happening in Malaysia, they are disturbing him. And he still has time. He says, every day, this is how I start. Are you there? Number four. You must be determined. <coughs> you must be determined to stick it out with God. You must be determined. That means you must be persistent. You must be consistent. You must be ready to stay there with God and never give up. You must be determined to stick it out with God. Go to First Samuel chapter 12. First Samuel. First Samuel 12. Look at verse 20. Then Samuel said to the people, Do not fear. You have done all this wickedness, yet do not turn aside from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. And do not turn aside, for then you would go after empty things, which cannot profit or deliver, for they are nothing. For the Lord will not forsake his people for his great name's sake, because it has pleased the Lord to make you his people. Guess what happened here? Here was when the people had decided that they were going to get a king by themselves, uh, and that offended God. You see, this, this is where people, God's people came out of captivity, and what was happening was that God said that he was their own king. Okay? So that's like, I mean, the king now is like president today. So God basically was the president of Israel. They had nobody. God was their president. And then these people said, you know what, well, we want to be like all these other nations that have presidents that we can see. We want a president too. So God was upset with them. God was really angry with them. In fact, the prophet Samuel was angry also. And God said, don't worry, it's not you they have rejected. Because the only person they could see physically was the prophet who would speak on God's behalf. And, and God said, no, it's not you they have rejected. They have rejected me. Because I was their king. Okay? So they were that angry with God. And then suddenly that, and they realized that they had really offended God. And that's when Samuel was saying this to them. And Samuel said, you have done this wickedness. However... Do not turn away from following after God. Uh, are you there? You see, many people make a lot of mistakes. They make some mistakes, which is that when they do something, I've discovered that in, your, in, in my work with God, uh, I mean, one of the first things that happened to me was that after that, you know, a lot of things that you took for granted as someone who was unsaved, I would do them and I felt so condemned. And the temptation was so great to stop following God. And well, I'm not good enough. Well, I can't make it. Well, I can't live the way God wants me to. Temptation was so great, but I kept being encouraged by First John chapter 1 and verse 9, which says that if we confess our sins, it's faithful and just to forgive. So I, I kept holding on to that, and believe me, I had to hold on and confess it and confess it and confess it, because it felt easier to just give up and say, I can't do this. But Samuel, like Samuel told them, he said, you have done this great wickedness, but don't turn away from following after God. Otherwise, you are going to go after empty things. Just stick it out with God. Stay there, keep walking with God. Stay there, keep going your way. Many people would get saved or they start walking with God, and because they run into trouble or because they run into sin once or something, they decide, well, I can't do this anymore. But you must learn to what? Stick it out with God. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. 
Because this applies to many things. I'm not just talking about if somebody sins. First John chapter 2 and verse 1. He said, Beloved, uh, these things are right to you that you sin not. Straight commandment, clear commandment, don't sin. But if any man sins, verse 2, we have an advocate with the Father who is Jesus Christ the righteous. So, in case it happens, don't give up. Can I hear you say don't give up? The devil has the same song for everybody. He has only one, number one hit song. You can't make it. You are finished. You are a disgrace. God doesn't love you. You know, it's the same song, the same song. It's the only one hit song that he plays for all of us. But don't believe it. Are you there? I'm saying the fourth lesson that I've learned from my work with God is that you must learn how to stick it out with God. Stay there. And you see, be like, be like, uh, like uh, Jacob was when he held on that night in the struggle with the angel and he said, I will not let you go until you bless me. I will not let you go until my change comes. I will not let you go until my life is transformed. And by the time they were done that night, his name moved from Jacob to Israel. 1 Corinthians 4. Are you there? Verse 1. It says, Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required. Can I hear you say moreover? Another one says above all. Okay? Moreover, or above all, it is required. Can I hear you say required? It is required in stewards that one be found faithful. Okay? So it says we are servants of God, we are stewards of the mysteries of Christ, and above all requirements, it is required that we are faithful. We stay there. We are consistent. We, we are faithful to God. We are faithful to those mysteries. We are faithful to the word of God that we have learned. You must learn to stick it out with God. Listen, in trying to begin to pray and wake up at 4 a.m., it was not easy. It took sticking it out with God. I made up my mind. I was going to get there. I was going to stay with God. Listen, sometimes I had to put my watch and be looking at it. I didn't, it didn't offend God that I was looking at my watch. But he knew what my heart was after was him. Are you there? It didn't matter that I would try the first time and after 15 minutes I'm tired. I want to sleep and I go to sleep. And then I, it doesn't matter to him. It matters to him that next day. And I tried it again. And the next day. And the next day. And the next day. And the next day till I get to where I'm going. Are you still there? So you may not be everything you are meant to be. But you are not who you used to be. Somebody put it this way. He said, I have not arrived, but I have left. <laughs> Are you there? I have not arrived, but I have left. So it matters to him that you have left and you keep going. It matters to him that you keep pursuing that route. It matters to him that you keep coming back and you keep praying. You keep spending time in his presence. It matters to him that you read three chapters. You only understood one verse, but you still read three chapters the next day. Are you with me? For the number of times, perhaps, maybe, I mean, for the number of times I've read the Bible, uh, I would think that I should be able to quote most of it. But no. I, are you still there? I would think that I, I should be able to remember the chapter, the verse, everything. But no. But what does that matter to God? 
He said, what it is, is that above all, we should be found faithful. The steward must be found faithful. Not somebody who has dumped the things after one month. It matters to God that I keep believing Him, but I'm walking in divine life. You know where I got that from? Chapter 8 and verse 11. He said, if the Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will quicken your mortal body, will quicken your whole being. Another one says, He says it will give life and vitality to your whole being. Even the Spirit who is in you, it matters to Him that I, 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 I still stay there, believing Him, even though I was sick. Last month. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But I still keep confessing that scripture. I still keep standing by it. I still hold on to it and I say it's mine. It matters to him that I'm sticking it out with him. Are you, are you there, anybody? But guess what? In, in, in going that way, in standing that way, in being dug that way, I'm not who I used to be. My health has gotten better and better. It's not where I want it to be. But it's getting better. Guess what? For the person who made up his mind to stick it out with God, he stays where he is. I remember Pastor K, maybe sometime, but I remember him saying, and he said, look, I preach prosperity with holes in my pocket and in borrowed shoes. But it matters to him that you still believe that word. It matters to him that you still confess scripture and confess it as yours. Even though you haven't seen the manifestation. Please look at your neighbor. Help me preach to them. Say you must stick it out with God. Number five. Church is a great catalyst for growth and stability. Did you hear that? Church is a great catalyst for growth and stability. I learned watching people. I mean, of course, I had, for instance, I had parents, I had other people, all kinds of people around. That I, and I'm, a, I'm an informal sociologist, which is I study people. That's my own definition. I study people. I, I watch people. I study them. Look at them. Why is this, this? Why is that not so? Why is he like this? Why is the man not like this? Uh, why do I like this man? Why don't I like this one as much? You know, what are the characteristics this one has? How come he gets this done? How come he comes in here, he changes the atmosphere? Everybody is so happy. How come this one walks in, everybody is so jittery? And they don't want him around. You know, I just watch people. And one of the greatest things I've seen, I mean, tragedies I've seen around is how... Christians have misunderstood the value of church. I watch how people are committed, how people are excited about church, as long as you give them a lot of club activities. Are you with me? So they like to be the a member of the Young Christian Association of the church. Uh, we are the member of the Women's League. We are a member of the... How many people know what I'm talking about? But I watch that and I see the same leader of the women's league who will tell a lie. Who will, be, who will throw, I mean, throw tantrums in the middle of the street. I see the, 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 the president of the men's Christian league who will commit fraud very freely. Are you still there? You know, I, I went uh, back in the days I, I, when I was still a bit more active in some business. We went somewhere one day, and um, 
someone from the office. We went somewhere to, you know, seek a contract. And uh, we got there. The, we talked. Straightforward talk in a few minutes. Yeah, we'll, we'll do this. <clears throat> it was printing. We'll print this, you know, we'll do this, blah, 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 blah. And uh, it was done. And then we're just looking at ourselves and smiling and saying next to nothing. So this colleague from our office looked at me and he said, you need to excuse us. You know. So the man bent and whispered to me. He said, he has things to say, but he will not say it when you are here. <laughs> he said, so you need to go. <laughs> I said, all right, I'll excuse you. So I went out. And of course, the deal was, what are you going to give me? You inflate the thing, and then you, the, the inflated part is my own, and then you will still give me something on top. I came and told me all of that. You know, that this is what the man said. So he knew he could read you. And he knew that he couldn't discuss that kind of thing with you, so he needed you to get out. So I smiled. I said, no problem. But the big tragedy for me was that I got to church. I got to a church, and this man was the president of the Christian or whatever they called it. Oh, I was back. You know, I say, this guy... <laughs> I don't know if he's born again at all. I mean, I don't know if these guys... See, how many people understand what I'm talking about? But what is church meant to be? Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews the 10th chapter. There's a man I also like to listen to a lot. by a man by the name of uh, Novel A. He's, I don't know, close to 90 now. Uh, businessman, but more, more known as a teacher of faith. And he would... <clears throat> he, he would usually share. said his mother died at the age of, is it 37? And as he was praying, he asked God, he said, why did my mother die? And God said, because of the church she went to. Explanation. That there, they do not teach faith. They don't teach healing. So there is no way she could have believed for it. And that's why she died. I was saying, I tell people, I say, church is a matter of life and death. It's not a casual decision. It's not even a decision based on how close, you know, the church is to your house. So somebody once told me, I said, ah, are you, are you going to die at your church? I said, no. They've opened another one that is closer to my house. So I go there now. I said, so when they open another one next door to your house, that's where you will go now. Are you with me? Are you there? Am I talking about you? You need to ask yourself, why do you go to church? Why do we go to church? Why should we go to church? Are you with me? Why should we? Too many people are going to church because that's where they were baptized. Too many people are going to church because that's where their family, you know, or their extended family attends there. Too many people are going to church because that's where their friends are. Okay, so the real reason is the socializing. Is I'm going to go there, uh, I'm going to meet all these my friends, we're all going to meet again on Sunday. Guess what? Go to where God has placed you. I what I'm saying. Make new friends. Psalm 92. I'm still in Hebrews 10, don't worry. But Psalm 92 was speaking about that from verse 12. He said, when they are planted in the house of the Lord, they flourish like palm trees. Meaning, if you go where God has placed you, then you will flourish like a palm tree. Things will work. You will be a better person. You will grow. You will do well. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
So it's not a sentimental decision. Hebrews 10. From verse 24. It says, And let us consider one another in order to stop love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. So here it is. Verse 24 again. He says, Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. How do we do that? By not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. So what church does for us is that it provokes us to love and good works. Meaning that if you use the word provoke, if you say, well, he provoked me, why did he do that? He provoked me. What are you trying to say? You are trying to say he made me do it. Am I right? He made me do it. So if you are in a good church, it will make you do some things. It will make you get up and pray. It will make you be dissatisfied with a sinful life. It will make you be upset with yourself for not being fervent enough in the spirit. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There are people who say to me, well, I go, I go there, but, you know, we don't, I live there, I don't really get anything, there's no punch, there's no, you know, I don't really, but you are still going. Why? For the social reasons. For the swagger. But church is a matter of what? Life and death. In fact, I tell people when you travel or you go anywhere, I say find a church before you find a supermarket. Where you are faltering, where you might go wrong, the church is going to help you to stand and do right if you go to a good church. Are you still with me? First Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, the Bible says the church is the pillar and the ground of truth. So very often also you are doing things, nobody is going to tell you this is wrong, this is not, not the way to live. In church you will hear if it's a good church. We say it without apology. We teach God's word here without apology. Are you hear what I'm saying? It doesn't matter what you believe. It doesn't matter. If this is the Bible, that's all. If it's not the Bible, you can dispute it. But if it's in the Bible, that's what we stand by. We don't owe anybody any apology for that. We will that word. That's the way it is. Are you with me? As I say, I'm, I, I remember somebody who came to see me some, some time back. And he was going to travel. It was after a, a meeting, a midweek uh, meeting. You know, back in a bad one. He came to see me. He said, I want to see a pastor. And I said, fine, yeah, sit down. So we sat down, we're talking. And this guy said, I just want to tell you that I will soon be traveling. I said, oh, really? Yeah, I'll soon be leaving the country. Oh, nice, great. I said, so tell me about it. What happened? I said, well, I have this person, you know, who's going to make me a passport. South African passport. You know, and uh, South Africa doesn't need a visa to enter Britain. So, so I'm going to just go and I use this uh, passport to get him. Uh, he said, I said, well, and you are sure this works? It's genuine? It's going to make you a passport? And all that. Oh, he said, yeah, it's, it's genuine. It's not skinny for one. I said, in fact, my friend who I introduced uh, to her, if I remember right, you know, uh, is already gone. He's in Britain already now. He said, so he's going to go. So I said, I listened to him through. And uh, I was just grinning. So I said, well, I have only one question for you. He said, what? I said, are you a South African? That's my only question. Are you a South African? Now, he, he knew what I was saying, because I couldn't say more than I didn't need to say more than that. What I was saying is that this is based on what? Falsehood. 
you have not left this country. You did not naturalize in South Africa to get their passport or anything. Somebody, you pay somebody, I said, are you in South Africa? Because once you go on the platform of falsehood, then there will be so many other falsehoods you will have to be planting on top of it in order to keep yourself. And very soon enough, your heart is going to become seared, your conscience, as the Bible puts it, will be seared with hot iron. Because is it that you, you can't keep talking to God and praying and believing God, and you are telling lies, you are living a lie, you know it. One has to give for the other. Are you, are you still with me, anybody? It's not, it's not a wonder, I mean, he, he, he kept his school for some time, I think maybe for some months or a year or two or something. And then, bam, he went. I don't know how he went, uh, but again, I, I could smell a rat. Okay? But from then, I'm not surprised about what's been on since that time. He said, this is the ground and the pillar of truth. Are, are you with me? I mean, I knew things were tough for him. I knew that, oh yeah, it would seem like, let me just try out this uh, going to whatever it is, maybe life will be better for me. But I also knew the truth was that if you can't plant inside the ground of falsehood and eat good fruit, something is going to go wrong. And the Bible even tells us, it says, what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world? But loses his soul. So even if you went to America and you became a billionaire in America, but your soul is gone, what does that profit you? Are you there? Church is important. Church is essential also. Let me show you a few scriptures. Go to Chronicles. Chronicles. Second Chronicles. It's not part of my plan, but I'll just show you this very quickly. Second Chronicles. Chapter 26, that's one scripture. There's another one I want you to see. That would be, are you getting anything this morning? Are you there? Second Chronicles 26. Now look at it from verse, verse 1. Let's just read verse 1 a little bit. It says, Now all the people of Judah took Uzziah, who was 16 years old, and made him king instead of his father Amaziah. So this guy was 16. Can you imagine that? This guy was 16 years old when he became king, or let's put it in modern terms, when he became president. This guy was 16 years old. Okay? Now, what do you expect of this guy? Is he going to do well or do, or do badly? Anybody? Hazard a guess. He's going to do badly. He's 16 years old. I mean, can you imagine one of these uh, uh, knapsack-carrying uh, teenagers on the street becoming president of Nigeria? You know, say, man, and he's now president. What do you expect from him? Chaos. <laughs> Am I right? But look at verse 5. He said, he sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God, and as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. It's important to note that he did that in the days of a pastor. Are you with me? He had a good pastor. So in those days, the Bible had to classify that in those days, the guy was doing right. So as long as he was there, as long as he was listening to this guy, as long as he was, he was faithful there, at that point, as long as that man was around, 
it made a difference. In his life. Go to the book of Acts. There's still, I mean, there's, there are still other scriptures, and I encourage you to go back and read Chronicles also again. And you find out that there are still others like him who also were young, and you think this guy would do stupidly, but the Bible says they had somebody who was pastoring them. But go to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 4. Acts the fourth chapter. You see, because not only is church the ground and the pillar of truth, not only does it provoke you to do right, but church also strengthens you. It helps you to be encouraged. It helps you to be strengthened. Has anybody ever come in before and you were not feeling too good or you were not too excited, you were a little down and all of that, and you came to church and you were excited and you got... Anybody? You came to church and you were encouraged? That's the value of church. You know, I was thinking about it that we, what we have is service. This is a service center. Okay? Where we service your engine. Uh, are you with me, anybody? If that will help you remember. We service your engine uh, so that you can go and perform better. That's why we hold what? Services. Why do you take a car for servicing? Why do you service a generator? Because if it, keeps con- if you, if it continues the way it is, without any servicing, the energy is going and it just might break down. Are you there? Acts chapter 4. Okay, so in Acts chapter 4, they took these disciples, I need to round up, they took the disciples, they came them, they flogged them uh, for preaching the gospel, and guess what happened? So here in verse 20, in verse 23, the Bible says, and being let go. So after they had arrested them, they had beaten them, it says, and being let go, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders Done. One says they, held, they went to their own company. Who is your own company? Where is your own company? Who are the people? Where is the place you go back to? And you get strengthened. Look at verse 31. He says, and when they had prayed, so they came back to the company, and when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. So all of a sudden, these guys who have been through a trying time, who have been flogged and all of that, came back to their own company and they prayed together and they were filled with boldness. Are you there? It's important to go to church. It's important to be in church, to be in church on time. You, you know, one of the one of the, the times, you, you won't um, in medical school, there, it was a very tough time. There was something going on. And believe me, it looked like the sky was black over my head. It was, I was just in total distress, total disarray, you know, but I was in church still. I came to church. I sat there in church. I was looking. Somebody was sharing a testimony. And the person said something, you know, about how he... He was in a difficult strait, and there was no way through. He couldn't say any way through, but God made a way and all of that. And he said, it's like God parting the Red Sea. Oh, believe me, something just fired inside of me. I say, hey, my Red Sea will be... Are you, are you still there, anybody? And the whole thing that was going on in school cleared away just as it started. Mysteriously, the whole thing was just dropped. Everything went away. 
If I years later I was telling somebody and I said, Oh, do you remember this thing, blah, blah, blah. And the person said, Oh, you mean you were involved? I said, Yes. And the person said, No wonder. No wonder that thing just went away. No, I mean, it just died a natural death. Guess what? Because I was in church. Are you there? I remember Pastor Mwai sharing recently about his friend who came visiting and came to say goodbye. Literally, goodbye. Meaning, you won't buy for good. You won't see me again. Why? Because she was going to commit suicide after that. But she came to church. She had God's word. Guess what? In fact, I will tell you now from my own side that that Sunday, I preached one of my driest messages as far as I can remember ever. That's the truth. It's one of those Sundays when you pray and you say, what's wrong with you? But I preached. I said what I believe God, God wanted me to say. I struggled through. I said all of it and I left it. I had no clue what was happening. But she came to church. She left. Sent him a message to thank him. To, was why I came. I came to say goodbye and then go kill myself. But I had God's word and I'm not it anymore. Are you there? Let's stand to our feet. So lessons from my walk with God. You must be determined to stick it out. Stay there. Persist. Oh, I've been confessing, I've been confessing that I walk in divine health, but I'm still sick. Keep confessing. Keep looking at God's word. Keep word. confessing my God shall supply all my need. But I, have still, I still have a lot of need. Keep confessing. You must be ready to stick it out with God. Thanks for listening to this message. Hopefully you have picked something practical to apply for victorious living. If you loved this, then please send a message to admin at totalword.org to let us know how this has blessed you and also, head on to www.totalworld.org to listen to more. Stay blessed and refreshed till next time. God bless you. Mm-hmm.